Hello, musical theatre fans. Welcome to the Mayor of Musical Theatre podcast. I'm Ian Boquette, and every week on this podcast, I talk to special guests from the world of musical theatre and beyond, all about their favourite musicals and a little bit of other stuff, but mostly their favourite musicals, which musical they loved as a child, which they love now, what's romantic, what's funny every single category you can think of. Nothing but musicals non-stop right here on this podcast. This week is an incredibly exciting episode. It's a special Guys and Dolls episode. If you haven't yet, make sure you get down to the Bridge Theatre to see the brand new Nicholas Heitner production of Guys and Dolls. If you haven't heard already, I mean, if you've been listening to this podcast, you will have heard because so many guests bring it up as the best thing that's on in London at the moment. It's an immersive experience. They have done up the Bridge Theatre to be like New York City. They're selling hot dogs and pretzels. You can buy a beer in the theatre. The actors come around and talk to you between songs, in the middle of songs. It's such an experience that you don't get in every theatre. So if you've never seen Guys and Dolls before, what an introduction to it. If you have seen it before... You've never seen it like this before. It's so, so fun. We are talking to two of the stars of that amazing show today. We are talking to Cedric Neal and Celinda Schoenmacher, the amazing Nicely Nicely and Sarah Brown in this show. I mean, you have to go see their performances. Absolutely ridiculous. They have so much fun with these parts. And as you'll hear listening to the interview, there are such lovely people to talk to as well. They've both had huge, varied careers in musical theatre. And I mean, they're going to do a lot of great stuff in the future. But for now, Guys and Dolls is the thing to see them in. They are so good in this show, as is everyone, as is everyone in the cast. This podcast is produced in association with MusicalTheatreReview.com, your premier source for all things on stage, backstage and worldwide. Right, let's get straight into the chat with the incredible, the talented and the downright lovely Cedric Neal and Celinda Schoenmacher, recorded live in person in the Bridge Theatre lobby. So apologies for a bit of background noise, but you know, you'll forgive it. There's such great talent on the other end of the microphone. It's all good. Let's get straight into the episode. This is dangerous. It's dangerous <laughs> Welcome to the Mayor of Musical Theatre podcast. I am composer, reviewer, photographer, and now podcaster slash fake mayor, Ian Boquette. But I am far less worthy of the title of Mayor of Musical Theatre than either of my guests today. That's right, plural guests. Today we have two incredible stars of the acclaimed and beloved Bridge Theatre immersive production of Guys and Dolls. Two shining lights of musical theatre who need no introduction, but perhaps you could introduce each other to your, our listeners anyway. And uh, maybe Cedric, would you mind introducing our listeners to oh, Celinda? Oh my God. I don't mind at all. I'm Cedric Neal and I'm sitting here with the beautiful diva, <laughs> Celinda Schoenemaker. Uh, I have n- there are not enough superlatives to describe this woman and her talent. Um, and she's amazing as Sarah Brown in the show. Celinda Schoenemaker! Thank you amazing. so much. <laughs> that was gorgeous. I would love that every day. Okay, here next to me is sitting Cedric Neal. He is from America. He's been in one of my favorite shows of all time, Porgy and Bess. He's on Motown. He's on Back to the Future. He has a voice of an absolute... (laughs) I mean, I don't want to swear, but it's like every night. I don't know how he does it. Every single night. And um, just a wonderful human being. And he's sitting here next to me, and uh, I couldn't be more in awe of his talent. 
Such incredible introductions. Thank you. I couldn't have written oh, anything good, as beautiful eh? as that. <laughs> and we've got drinks as well. Thank Anytime you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, so for our listeners, we are in the lobby area of the beautiful Bridge Theatre um, where Guys and Dolls is playing. I came to see it on Monday and I'm in solidly in my 30s now. I don't go to clubs as much. I don't go to concerts. I don't like standing up and loud, busy rooms. But the immersive production of Guys and Dolls is honestly one of the best times I've ever had in a theatre in my life. Well, how is it that someone like me who doesn't enjoy that busy, crowded environment can enjoy a show like this so, so much? Well, um, I think it's because you have a focus. I, I don't like going to the club either. Yes. <laughs> and it's loud and it's wild. And this has a focus and a story. And I think we've missed these, I mean, this type of show. You know, it's very joyous. I think, uh, please add anything you like, Cedric. But it's very joyous. Um, it has heart. Uh, and there are incredible artists uh, on stage telling this story that has been universally loved in this amazing way that you feel like you're actually there. That's what I hear from people. So, so much so that when you know, you're standing there and you're not immersing yourself, we can really feel that as artists. Mm. So um, it's truly an immersive production. Yeah. And I'd like to add on to that. In the, the, last, the global circumstances of the last three years have forced us to all be... S- separate and not in contact with each other um and this show and the energy of being in this show is is guys and dolls um it reminds us that it's okay to be in proximity with other humans (laughs) and um and enjoy ourselves being in proximity my husband is very bougie very bougie so uh when he when i told him it was immersive production he was like i don't want to be standing out (laughs) so he came to press night and he sat Two days later, he was like, um, can you get me a ticket <laughs> so, so that I can be in the immersive? And um, he said it's like, it's, it's like none of the experience he's ever had. You know, he's up close and personal in action. And, um, yeah, I just think it reminds us that it's okay to be close again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If that makes sense. A hundred percent. It's worth saying that there are a load of seats. It's a beautiful theatre. It's a great view wherever you choose to sit. But I think if you were sat down, you'd be looking at all of the audience, interacting with the actors, having little asides with them. And I think you'd just get jealous and want to be down there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I had the same thing with my partner came and sat and now he's coming in two weeks to stand. I mean, and, and they're, they're arguably the best seats. I mean, you have a, a more of an overview, I guess, when you're sitting, but you're really in the action. So that's really amazing about the show. When you're going out into the audience and interacting and talking to them, that must throw up a lot of interesting situations. Are the audience generally quite well behaved and respectful? And generally. <laughs> um, there are, have been some, some instances where um, audience members have taken the immersive experience too far, <laughs> um, but that's few and far between. Um, it just brings joy to me um, beginning to, to interact with the audience. I hate the fourth wall. I hate the fourth wall. So when our director, Nick, Sir Nick Heidner, said, said to break the fourth wall as much as you can, mm-hmm. I said, you sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> you sure? You, you know? So um, I, just, I just think it, it adds to um, the whole experience as a whole. I don't think you're going. Th- people are going to a show they're going to experience an experience. So there's been a lot of immersive productions at the Bridge Theatre over the years. Have you seen any of the previous? They've done like Shakespeare in immersive. No, I've seen a Straight Line Crazy. I mean that wasn't uh, immersive, uh, but it was uh, an incredible play. Mm. Um, and I've seen uh, the Christmas Carol. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was amazing as well. But they weren't as immersive. I haven't seen Midsummer Night's Dream or Caesar, I think, was the other one, Jersey, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I haven't seen those. But I think that's what... I mean, all those shows had to happen for Nick to trust 
because I remember, I don't know how you felt, but in rehearsals that it was like, we'll just move the people there. And I was like, what do you mean we'll just move the people? Like, how, how do you move the people? And we just had to trust because he had done it before. So all the shows that he'd done here led to this moment, to this show. Mm. And, uh, and then we just have to, I mean, I trust him. Uh, we all trust him blindly. I'll follow him off a cliff. But like, <laughs> thank God he never walks towards <laughs> the cliff. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I think that that is what, what led to this production, which is amazing. Yeah, so we definitely have to give a special shout out to the ushers in the crowd, mm. all dressed as New York City cops, helping everyone make Movement sure they stewards. Movement stewards. <laughs> <laughs> they are absolute heroes and so lovely and really in the spirit of it. And they stop you getting hit by a piece of scenery. So. Yeah. Yeah. We could not do this show. It would not be possible without our wonderful stage, um, stage management crew and the movement stewards who are part of the, sh the show and part of the experience. Um, they're our family. We warm up together. Um, and they know the show just as well, as well, probably better than we do because they have to move the people around. Um, the show would not be possible without them. That's why they get their own bow at, um, at, at Curtain Call. So. Definitely. It's such a complex show. There's a lot going on. I mean, talking about the complex parts of the show, um, you two are in, I would say, the two most fun parts of it. It's Daniel Rocking the Boat and the Havana Club scene. Are they as fun to perform as they are to watch, or is it stressful with all that choreography and so much Hell going on? Hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, for Sit Down, You're Rocking the Boat, I'm, um, I'm not in um, Havana, so I'll let Celinda talk about Havana, but that's my favorite scene in the whole show besides <laughs> Sit Down. Um, for me, um, I'm filled with anxiety at, at the st start of Sit Down, You're Rocking the Boat. I was just talking to Celinda about this. And because it's such a well-known number, um, it's the 11 o'clock number of 11 o'clock numbers, and since the news has gotten out about the success of the show, there's an added pressure with having to deliver that show, eight t that song, eight times a week. So at the top of that song, I'm sweating bullets. Um, but once I get into it and get into the storytelling and um, get past that first verse, I'm having church on stage <laughs> eight times a week, and I'm, I'm loving it. I'm in, I'm in my life. I'm in my light, and and it's just I, there's no other experience in my career that I can compare it to. Um, I'm having the time of my life delivering that number. <laughs> so that, yeah. It's so funny when we're doing that number because, you know, Cedric is working so hard and doing such great artistry. And uh, because we are like a tiny part of it, it is just amazing to stand in that light. Like, do you know what I mean? It's just wonderful to feel the audience that, you know, the swirl that he created to kind of get like a percentage of that. It's just gorgeous to do. And I feel that with Havana as well. I feel with Havana that people go, oh, oh my God, because there's a certain thing that happens with the, with the stage where all of a sudden we're all amongst each other. How that's been done, and that wasn't how it was in the beginning, was it? They changed that oh. to make it more, like, more immersive, and I think that's so amazing. And then we start dancing. That whole sequence for us as characters is really fun to play because it just doesn't stop. Yes. So you have like I want to say half an hour, I think, until the end that you don't have to go off, and you know you can just play the line completely. So yeah. it's, a, it's a joy. You just kind of get on the car, and it will just drive, or get on the train, and it will just go. It's great. Most of our audiences have been with us from the from the the um, uh, what is it called the untracked um, yeah, 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 yeah. from the untracked from the from the opening number. Most of our audiences, but there have been some audiences where they have been slow to come along. Yeah. Okay. But when we get to Havana, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got them. We got them. Yeah. Every time, yeah. always when I'm like, oh, this feels, and then also you never know how, but the, because they're so close to you, you really feel the energy. Mm. But always when that happens, and then they're in, and the second act, I mean, that's always a given. It's always great.
very interesting to hear about how you respond to the audiences and say there have been changes made because I imagine until you get the, the audience in there with such an immersive production, you don't know how it's going to feel. Have there been a lot of changes over the, over the weeks? Um, no, not a lot of changes. Um, in previews um, and tech, um, the most changes were made in Havana because it, they wanted it to be totally immersive to bring the audiences into, into that scene. So um, the most changes were made in Havana, and for the better. It, it just works now. It just works. Um, because the show is set on 14 platforms that rise up to five feet at the, at the, the t- tallest, and then I'm standing on a desk at five feet, yeah. <laughs> um, there can't be many, many, many changes because uh, we don't want people falling off the stage. So, um, but, yeah, um, in previews, in Havana was, cha- was changed a lot yeah, yes, yeah. for the better. Another part of the show that's become legendary on social media is the after the show. When it ends, it turns into a nightclub. There are um, dance remixes of songs playing and the cast dance with the audience. And it, it's so, so much fun. How, how's that experience been? Well, that has been kind of something that's developed into that because Nick never asked us to stay. He oh. always said, if you want to, you can, but you don't have to. But it's so much fun and actually really led by Marisha and Daniel. Um, and they do such a great job. And it's really actually heartwarming in the beginning. It made me a bit emotional to see people that have been standing like these kids. There was a group of kids once and the kids were all in the middle dancing and enjoying. And it made me realize how much of an impact this can potentially have. Like other shows had on my life mm. you know and I saw these kids you know dancing their heart out and singing their heart on me like or coming up and me like I'm playing nicely nicely or I'm playing Sarah and I'm like wow. oh this could be quite a an, an impactful show for many generations and I think that's something to be said for this show you see like fr- from like children from like I want to say 16 15 16 up until grandparents that love the music of guys and dolls they can all come and see the show and enjoy it and I think that happens very rarely. You go and watch a show in Presidium, um, <clears throat> and you say, I want to do that, or I can do that. But when you come and see Guys and Dolls, and you're in the middle of these people doing it, you say, I can really do that. I'm standing on the same stage with these people, and I can do it. I can do it. Um, I've taken now, um, because in Sit Down, You're Rocking the Boat, I um, physically interact with at least two um, audience members doing the number. I ruffle their hair, I pinch their cheeks, or, you know, um, and one show, I ruffled this woman's hair, and she was like, don't touch me. So um, I take um, the dance party after, after, at the end of the show, I take that time to go to those um, audience members that I've com- um, Connected. connected with to make sure that they're okay and, and you know and I invite them onto the dance floor okay. and so so it's 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 it's, a, it's communal activity. That's so lovely. I think you're right as well. Being there, looking around the Bridge Theatre and seeing the audience looking at you as much as looking at the actors, it would be very inspirational for someone who might want to go into theatre. Um, to segue into the, into the questions, was there a show for you? Um, Celinda, was there a show for you which first got you really obsessed with musical theatre? Well, I'm from Holland, and uh, we, don't, we, we used to not have this kind of... All, the, all these musicals were English, of course. We had theater and, and all that kind of stuff in Holland. But the very first musical that I'm aware of that came over to Holland that had a big impact on our whole country was Les Mis. Oh, big so, show. Big show, and it was translated to Dutch. And I remember being in, um, in the car when we drove to, you know, with our caravan to go and camp, and my parents would listen to Les Mis. And I think that's when I started singing. Um, 
And so that show had a really big impact on me. And then sh- slowly, so actually it was really special because I had a, a, the, like one of the biggest producers in Holland, Joop van der Ende, coming over to see this show. And it's because of him wow. I kind of went into it because he brought them over and he invested in it. And, you know, and it was a real beautiful uh, full circle moment to kind of, have, we, had, we had dinner afterwards because mm. um, he kind of changed my life in that way by, by getting these shows over to our country. That's beautiful. And Les Mis is a very powerful show which converts a lot of people to musical theatre. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of our listeners would like to hear just one line of Les Mis in Dutch, if you can remember any. Mm. Uh. I mean, that's beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> I dreamed a dream. Thank you. Um, Cedric, what was the show that got you? I rarely think? have um, a single answer for these kind of questions. Um, and I won't have it. There are three shows. Love it. Um, my brother brought the vinyl cast recording for Dream Girls, the original Dream Girls. Mm. Um, and wow. that rocked my world. Um, to hear Jennifer Holliday from Houston, Texas. I'm from Dallas, Texas. Mm. To hear somebody from where I'm from sing like I sing on a Broadway stage rocks my world. But the first musical I saw that, that made me want to do this was um, in 1985. Um, there was a production on PBS in the States of Ain't Misbehaving with Nell Carter, Andre DeShields, Amelia McQueen, Ken Page, and Charlene wow. Woodard. Wow. Um, and I was like, I want to <laughs> do that. I want to be Andre DeShields, and I want to be Nell Carter. Yes, <laughs> I was non-binary even then. No, no. Um, so, yeah, Ain't Misbehaving, Dream Girls, and then the movie, um, the 1961 movie version of West Side Story. I fell in love with the... With the um, with the movie in, it's just like, yeah, I want to do that. So th- that's my answer to those questions. I don't know how anyone could sit through any one of those three and not become <laughs> obsessed with musical theatre. <laughs> Absolutely, fair enough. Um, were there any other career paths when you were a child you thought you might follow before musical theatre? Yeah, I wanted to be a pilot. Oh, wow, okay. I wanted to be a pilot. And, uh, and so I did everything. In my, I did some shows when I was younger, and then I wanted to be a vet. And I did the whole thing to become a vet, but then I, there was something I w- something wasn't connecting. And then uh, my uncle was a pilot, and I thought, that would be so cool. Um, but I, I went flying with him because he, t- he taught. And, uh, and then I just didn't have really the... I think the idea was a lot better than... The, and now I'm actually terrified of flying, so <laughs> it's good that I didn't do it. And then, and then I really didn't know what to do. And went traveling for a year, and then um, I applied for a business school. And as a joke, I auditioned for a drama school. And then wow. as a joke, I got in. And as a joke, <laughs> I'm still going. <laughs> no one knows I'm a fraud yet, so that's good. I wanted to be a pastor, a preacher. Oh, oh I can yes. see that. I can um, see that. So much, I went to um, seminary in, in Texas, was a youth pastor and choir director at my church um, for several years. Um, and then I wanted to be a, a classical vocalist, a tenor operatic tenor Um, but yeah I wanted to be a preacher and um, an opera singer so that's both of my worlds coming together in musical theater so yeah hey there we are you're doing that basically every night that's amazing 100% Um, I've Weirdly, I became friends with an American pastor when I lived in St. Louis briefly, and, and she was very clear that what she does isn't performance but it is very much about bringing people on board about Again, it's not entertainment, but it's about connecting with She's people. wrong. Church is theater. <laughs> Church is theater. Church is so theater. <laughs> and some incredible music as well. Yeah. Perfect. Well, speaking of incredible music, which musical has a score that's always getting stuck in your head? 
For me, it's Passing Strange. Oh, okay. Um, That's not been mentioned on this podcast before. I love that musical. Um, yeah, I could sing that song, that, that score, front to an end. Um, I usually keep my, um, my iTunes on shuffle. Mm. And whenever anything from Passing Strange comes on, I have to listen to it. I don't skip over it. I, <laughs> Passing Strange, it lives rent-free in my head. It does. There are definitely some shows like that. It could be a piece of classical music before. It could be a piece of rap music before. Whatever mood you were previously in, you would just get transported to the world of the musical thanks to Shuffle. Yeah. Love oh, those yeah. shows. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, for me, that would be, I mean, the show, I mean, obviously this one gets stuck in my head, guys and dolls all the time. But I would say the the one one song that I really resonate with and and when it comes on I never turn it off and I always listen to it is, and every time I listen to it differently is Move On from um, Sunday in the Park with George yes. I just find that so brilliant how it's written and yeah about artistry and I just yeah love that and it's yeah. so inspirational as well yeah. as being catchy and yeah. that's a good thing to have stuck in your head it will make you make better artistic choices as you go through yeah, life yeah probably hopefully let's hope so <laughs> when I moved to um, London almost 10 years ago mm. um, I was excited about European travel um, being so accessible and so easy. So um, in 2017, my husband took me to Amsterdam for my birthday, mm. and I listened to Amsterdam from Passing Strange probably a million times while I was there. <laughs> so, Perfect. So, yeah. What is your favorite musical, other than Guys and Dolls, currently running in London? I would say my favorite musical running in the West End now, besides Guys and Dolls, is probably Back to the Future, because that's my baby. Um, I was a part of the original six workshops to build that musical, mm. and it changed my life and changed my career. And it's just a fun, it's just a Please fun show. <laughs> it's just a fun show. Um, so I would probably say Back to the Future. You know what? I'm going to agree with that because I, um, I of course, was going to say Guys and Dolls, but um, I went to see Back to the Future, and I didn't know what to expect. And I must have sent about 10 people already to that show because <laughs> I, I unfortunately missed Cedric, but... I just thought it was so brilliant. I had not laughed like that for such a long time, so really love it, yeah. Yeah, I've got a friend who's very snobby about musical theatre, and he came to me and he said, Back to the Future is the best thing I've seen in years. And I thought, well, even if you, you Sondheim-loving, <laughs> obsessed with the intricate musical theatre, mm. love this, what I assumed was just a, oh, a cheesy movie adaptation. But no, it's so well done. Yeah. The scenery, the, it's so funny, as you say, the jokes, yeah. and the songs are really catchy as well. The 80s vibes. And two like of those songs were written specifically for me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. All of our listeners can thank you, and they will thank you. <laughs> Which musical has made you laugh the most? Young Frankenstein. Have you seen that? I was on the floor laughing. Again, didn't expect it. Hadley Fraser. My God. On the floor. For me, it was probably Lacage. Oh, which is coming to Regent's Park Open Air this summer. Can't wait. Really, really funny one. What is your favorite movie musical? I have several answers to this. Um, Let's go. um, West Side Story. And then I'm in the minority. Um, on this one, this one I'm about to say, I love a chorus line. The movie, um, people either hate it. It's like Marmite; they either love it or hate it. Um, I love a chorus line. The movie, um, I can quote it from beginning to end. Um, and most recently, Tick Tick Boom. Oh, yeah. oh that's such a good adaptation. Mm. That's brilliant. Yeah. 
Yeah, so good. Well, I, I uh, agree with those are incredible. Uh, but I, I don't know if this is actually a movie musical, but I love Walk the Line. Oh, that, that, I think that counts as a musical, doesn't is it? it? About Gen uh, Johnny Cash. Yeah. Don Johnny Cash with Reese Witherspoon. I, think. I just, I think that was such a gorgeous story and yeah, really loved watching it so yeah. yeah it incorporates so much music yeah I, I always think, think like that would be a really interesting story I'd love to see on stage as well that would be interesting yeah. wouldn't it yeah. you need Ooh. you need one hell of a team for that yeah to well, imitate that yeah I great. don't know how many producers listen to this podcast but hey. please someone make that happen <laughs> so this is Cedric Neal and Celinda Schoenmacher such talented people and such lovely people, hilarious people. Make sure you get down to Bridge Theatre to see them in this production of Guys and Dolls. As we're talking about, it's so unlike anything else you've ever experienced in musical theatre. Guys and Dolls is a classic show and we all know and love those songs, but to be in that world and to be experiencing it all around you, it's something else. Thank you so much to these two for being on the podcast. Lovely human beings. Make sure you follow them on social media. All the links to their profiles are on the show notes for this episode and also a link to get Guys and Dolls tickets. So make sure you do that too. You can also follow this podcast at, at Musical Mayor Pod on all the social medias and Musical Theatre Review at, at Musical Theatre R on Twitter and at Musical Theatre Review on Instagram. Right, let's get back to the episode with Cedric Neal and Celinda Schunmacher. What is a musical that people might be surprised to learn that you love? So it could be something that's maybe a guilty pleasure or something at odds with your personality. So uh, I love this. Um, I love kind of like French music. Okay. Um, and so there's this show called Notre Dame de Paris, which is uh, which is uh, the Gluckner, you know, the, what do you call that? The guy who sits on the Frodo and he sings in Paris and he shouts down, you know, and he is deformed. Esmeralda, that's a Disney movie. Oh, Hunchback and Notre Dame. Sorry. Anyway, it's about him, but it's a completely different. It's Notre Dame de Paris. It's a, it's, it's that story, but different. Cool. And the music is amazing and uh, very French and passionate. And and it's not sang perfectly. Perfectly, it has this. I'm always interested in kind of like almost the imperfections, like mm. that. That is actually what makes you have character in both acting and singing. Yes. Uh, and and I, I love that show, uh, but it's just very uh, unknown. Yeah, I haven't heard about yeah, that one. I will be looking that one up. Yeah, it's is really there great. a recording of it that people can go find? Yeah, on Spotify, just Notre Dame de pa Notre Dame de Paris, <laughs> 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 and then <laughs> and then you can just find the whole album. It's very, it's gorgeous. Yeah, gorgeous. I'll be doing that on the train home. Thank you. <laughs> For me, um, I'm I'm American, um, so the ABBA influence ABBA. Abba, Abba, Abba influence in America is not as strong as it is over here. Mm. So when I was in New York um, doing Perigny and Best on Broadway, we got free tickets to see Mamma Mia. Fun. And um, people were like, oh, it's, it's Mamma Mia, it's a jukebox, blah, 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 blah. I loved it. <laughs> I loved yes. it. Went back to see it two times. I, I love Mamma Mia is my guilty pleasure. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's one of I those people. That's a good one. I would have never thought that. Perfect answer. So yeah. Perfect. Genuinely yeah. surprising musical. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those people do get a little bit snobby about, but it's just fun. You can't go to that yeah. show and hear those songs out of those incredible actors' mouths. I think Maz Murray at the moment. And not enjoy yourself. Mm. Such a good show. Mm. Well, on the opposite side, 
what is a musical that other people really love, are really obsessed with, but which doesn't quite connect with you in the same way? This is dangerous. It's dangerous, <laughs> I think we this both feel a little bit like, because, because also, if you say a show, like what is the beautiful, beautiful thing about music and what sometimes irks me a little bit when people go, oh, I don't like musicals, then I'm mm. like, but then do you know who you are? Because there, there's such a huge range from Hamilton to, like, I mean... F- Hamilton to Phantom to you have more plays with music and I don't know why they call themselves plays with music because I'm always like it's a musical <laughs> anyway <laughs> and there's sometimes I think it's a, it's a little bit tricky so that's the beauty is that it's so wide yeah. and I love that people love certain shows that I wouldn't like and then other people that's kind of us and I never want to disrespect my friends who work so hard <laughs> of course and you don't yeah. have to yeah. having said that <laughs> I love my peers that are in these shows and, and I love the success of these shows that I'm about to say okay. so please don't come for me <laughs> uh, it's just not my personal taste it's just not my personal taste okay. I don't understand the obsession with Six mm. the musical I'm sorry mm. I love you all I love all the queens yeah. I do and I also don't understand um, a strange loop um, now I've got tickets for that and I can't wait to see it but it I see why people are obsessed with it but it's just it's triggering for me okay um, what, what so is it about like I've, I it's strange loop is about um, a, a young black gay musical theater writer writing a musical about a young black gay musical theater writer right. writing a musical yeah <laughs> um, and what he goes through um, with from the Christian his Christian mother and you know yeah, it's just tr- very triggering for me, yeah. and I don't, it just doesn't doesn't sit right with me. Yeah. Love the the people involved with it, love the, the, the success of those musicals, but it just I, I don't get it. Well, it's like and, uh, and I'm gonna say this, oh, Cedric, please. <laughs> I don't get the whole lame is thing. Oh, this could turn into a fight. No, 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 not at all. Because, because this is what I, I actually I actually love that that he is able to because we have so many different. Style, so that's what I'm saying. Like I was in Les Mis, so six people don't come from Cedric. (laughs) 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 Um, But it really, I I can understand. It's actually mad that that show, which is so complicated and complex, Mm. and and you really after the story is so wide and long that people know every song, people know every word, people know it is quite mad if you think about it. It was like the right moment, the right time, Mm. and there are shows. I think if they would open now, I wonder if they would do. Like, they are also being created in certain times, you know what I mean? So I think, yeah. The, the, the most important thing, I guess, that I think is I love that we're able to... Um, there was this woman in Holland who was making shows, and she is like a real artiste. And she was doing this, uh, con- this uh, togetherness with a, with a ballet company. And at the end, people were shouting, and they were like, we love it, this is so new, we love it. And the other, these traditionalists were going, we ate it, boo! <laughs> and she was like, it was beautiful, because there were two... And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> I would be like, don't, Bob, why are you booing? You're mm. yaying, but like, why are you booing? You know, she, she thought that that was art, is where you get the, the, the how do you say that, friction. Yeah, yeah friction. the friction. Some people like it, some people don't. There's opinions, there's things, so... You know, yeah. we're saying this with a lot of respect. With a lot of respect and love. I think um, I love most genres of music. Heavy metal, I don't get. Hmm. Deep bluegrass, I don't get. But I still know that that's, that's some people's cup of 
NFT, you know. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of And just because I don't get it doesn't, doesn't mean it's not genius, doesn't mean it's not good. Of course. Well, the, the, the three shows that you mentioned are wildly different shows, and that's the beautiful that's thing. me. <laughs> yeah, of course, like someone who is really into you know, pop music in general might love Six because it's like a pop concert. But if you're more into narrative or staging or other things, you might prefer Les Mis or you might prefer completely other things and everyone's different and yeah. that's the beauty of it. Yeah. I'm sorry to make you answer that question. No. Let's move on to a happier one. Don't come for me, Six Queens. Don't <laughs> Please don't. What do you think is the most romantic musical? Well, I have an answer straight away. Please. Bridges of Madison County. Such a gorgeous, gorgeous score. Such a gorgeous score. Jason Robert Brown. I thought it was so brilliant. And uh, gorgeous duets. And of course, I'm, I think I gravitate towards it because I'm legit a bit. Mm. So, of course, I think I know there's other stories. I listen to it because I, I recognize my voice in, in that voice. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a gorgeous score. Yeah, that one. Great choice. And I think the first time it's been mentioned on this podcast. So, thank you. Yeah, good. Yes. I don't have an answer for that one. Um, That's fair enough. Would you say you're a romantic person in general or not so much? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll say guys and dolls. I like, I like the, um, the romance between the two um, principal couples in this. It just tells us all to take a gamble on love. Yeah. Um, yes. So I'll say guys and yeah, dolls. Good. I'll say guys and dolls. Yes, good. Very good. I absolutely love it. What musical have you never seen that you think you should have seen? So this could be like a classic that's passed you by or maybe even a new piece of writing that you haven't gone to see yet. Yeah, I, I mean, I have two. Please. Yeah. Mary Poppins. And I've never seen Mary never Poppins seen either. <laughs> I was going to say Mary Poppins. <laughs> never seen it. Never seen. And people go like, you've not seen Mary Poppins? <laughs> maybe it's because we're not British. Like, I've never seen it. I've never even seen Mary Poppins, the movie. Me neither. So. This is incredible. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and you haven't been chased out of the country with pitchforks No, I know. Yet. It's almost like maybe we should have to just stay in the country. <laughs> so six fans watch out for them. Mary Poppins oh, fans yeah. watch out for them. God, I, I'm not going to walk over the street anymore after yeah. this. No, I'm, I'm Mary Poppins. That's my answer too. I think it's one of those that's so classic. You probably have a good idea what goes on in it just from like Simpsons references and all the times it pops up in pop culture. Yeah, exactly. I know there's a lot of stuff she gets out of the bag. And yep. a spoonful of sugar makes it supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> I know that, you know, but, know. but I've never seen the show or the movie. You can star in it. You can star in it on stage. Amazing. Which musical's fictional world would you most like to live in? I imagine a lot of people are saying guys and dolls after coming to see this and just want to stay here forever. Yeah, but there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. But like, if I would get want to get like where I really want to live is the end of Lion King. Surely, no. Oh, beautiful. When everything is green and like animals and. Can you imagine? Be amazing. Yeah. What animal would you be in the pride? Oh, can I be an animal? Yeah, if you're living in Lion King world. A giraffe. Yes, 100%. majestic. 100%. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's a fictional world, but in the Heights. Ooh. Uptown in Washington Heights. Is what, yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah, Dance parties on the streets. Oh. That's what you want. Yeah, yeah. Up in Washington. <laughs> I love that show. Yeah. I think that's Amazing show. Well, similarly, would you be a character from In the Heights or would you just be living in the neighborhood? I would probably be um, the Pirago, uh, Pirago, ah, yes. the, uh, the icy, icy man. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, or Benny. I'd be a Benny. Yeah. Yeah. Love that show. If you were to direct a radical restaging of a classic mm-hmm. musical, which one would you choose? Is there maybe a show you'd make immersive like Guys and Dolls or do in a different way? For me, it would be Ain't Misbehaving. 
I love that show. I love the music from that show, and I love what that show did for um, black people in, in musical theater. But I would like to restage it, reinvent it with, um, like, current artists. John Legend, Alicia Keys, um, Jill Scott re, um, yes. doing arrangements of the songs in, in that show. So, yeah, ain't misbehaving. Yeah. That would be incredible. What an amazing yeah. idea. Again, yeah. producers, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, w- I was thinking, I was thinking about these questions yesterday. Sweeney Todd, but then this way, and make it really scary. That would be terrifying. Ooh. Like, terrifying. But make it really terrifying. And then you have to stand, and there's just things all around you popping up. I mean, on Monday, I jumped when Nathan Detroit popped up behind me to talk to me, and he's a lovely, friendly guy. <laughs> yeah, he's lovely. <laughs> Sweetie, <laughs> time time. I know. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> it would be good. Yeah. They did a version in a pie shop. In a pie shop, yeah. Uh, here, yeah. Yeah. yeah apparently, York, apparently that was London. amazing. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think that's about as close as it's got to the fully immersive thing. But you're right. The streets of London, the dark, the dinge, the haze. We're here already. Six degrees of separation. So that production of Sweeney Todd, oh. um, that began over here with my friend Jeremy Sickham. We both know Jeremy. Yeah. Um, went to Off Broadway. With Norm Lewis, who somebody is getting oh, ready to do a concert. Norm, I'm very excited. <laughs> Hi, Norm. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, shall we give a shout out to that concert? I think it's all been announced, hasn't it? Yeah, it's uh, Love Never Dies on the 21st and 22nd of August uh, in Drury Lane. I find that really hard to say, Drury Lane. Um, yeah, I can't wait. That's a show which I've never seen, so I'm really looking forward to finally be able to see it on stage. Yeah, it, yeah, it's going to. And the fact that we got Norm is quite, that's remarkable. So amazing. Yeah, absolute legend. Well, the big question if you were the mayor of musical theatre, if you had that power, which show would you order to be staged forever so you can go see it whenever you want and in which venue? Either Passing Strange or Jelly's Last Jam. Jelly's Last Jam? Yeah. I'm not sure I'm familiar with that one. um, Gregory Hines, um, Tanya. Pinkert? Tanya Pinkins. Um, okay. Yeah, it's, it's a jazz musical. Uh, yeah, Jelly's Last Year. Oh, or where? where would you want to? Here, at the bridge. <laughs> you listening, Nick? You listening, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would love to see you're going to be like, oh, because you've done it many times, a Porgy and Bess. Mm, and... Uh, I would love to do that. Uh, it will play there forever, you say, right? I would love to just put it in Sydney Opera House forever. Oh. Because then it gives me a reason to go there. Because <laughs> I've never <laughs> been and I really want to go. And I think it deserves a spot there. Yeah, in such a beautiful big room where you can hear every All intricacy the of the orchestra. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be so good. Okay, well, I hope one day you do have that power so I can <laughs> go and see both those shows. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being incredible mayors of musical theatre. So this is Cedric Neal and Celinda Schoenmacher, an incredible duo from Guys and Dolls at Bridge Theatre. That entire cast is incredible, but these two particularly, go see the show. You'll know what I mean. They have such fun with their parts and they are phenomenal in it. And such delightful people to chat to as well. I had great fun recording this in the lobby of Bridge Theatre. If you haven't been to Bridge Theatre before, it's a beautiful building just to go and hang out by the water in this hot, hot summer. It's an experience. So make sure you follow the link in the show notes to get tickets to this production. It's just been extended to 24th of February 2024. So you've got time. You've got time. But if you want to see this cast, make sure you catch them. There's always a chance one of them will move on to something else. And it's so perfect the way it is. Go see it quickly. It's phenomenal. 
Make sure you also follow Cedric and Celinda on the social medias. All of their links are in the show notes, as well as this podcast at Musical Mayor Pod on all the social medias and musicaltheaterreview.com. You can also find at at musical, no, yes, at Musical Theatre R and at Musical Theatre Review on uh, Twitter and Instagram, respectively. See, this is what happens when I don't script the intros and outros. I just talk off the top of my head and get confused with the millions of social media handles everyone has these days. Anyway, this, that's not the important thing. Go see Guys and Dolls and make sure you tune in next time for another phenomenal guest. Keep it musical! <laughs>